Right, good morning everyone. It's wonderful to see everyone's morning faces this morning, as we normally have evening church, so it's wonderful to see so many visitors with us. I uh, just want to welcome you guys. Um, we have little forms at the back there that we'd love you guys to, to complete and to fill in for us so we can, can get in contact with you and uh, yeah, just connect with you. So this morning I'm not continuing on the book of James, but uh, I just really felt that God wanted to do something different. And uh, I want you guys to turn with me to the book of Mark. Verse 1. This is quite interesting preaching from a laptop. I haven't done it before, so let's see how it goes. Here we go. And this story goes about Simon Peter and Jesus. And uh, Jesus is sitting at Simon Peter's house, and he's busy speaking to, to a whole bunch of people. And as he's busy speaking to these guys, there's a crowd that gathers, that gathers outside and, and they've blocked all the doors and everyone's standing outside. They're looking through the window because they want to see Jesus. Whom of you guys have ever wanted to see a celebrity? Eh? You can put up your hand, right? Where you're standing, let's for instance, you, go, you actually go to the airport to see the Springboks because they've just beaten the, the uh, New Zealand and the All Blacks. Anybody? Right? There we go. All right, so um, if you're new with us this morning, I like to animate quite a bit, so I'm going to chat to you. I'm going to refer to people. I do use people as examples, so, so do hide. All right, I, I will not embarrass anyone. So, um, so anyway, these oaks have got this incredible desire to see Jesus because Jesus is this incredible man. He does these incredible miracles. And in the process, there's these friends. And as these friends, they come, and they decide that they are, they've got this friend who's paralyzed. So um, let's find a paralyzed guy. Ethan, come help me, bro. If you sit in the front, bro, lie down for me. You're paralyzed. And he's got two friends. Come, friends. So the two friends can stand here with him. And so what happens is they actually make a plan because they know that Jesus heals people. And so they make a plan and they go and they, they go and they, they try and get to Jesus. So they look through the window, but the crowd's too much through the window. They can't get through the door. There's no space in the lounge. A couple of weeks ago, we had a, a combined community at our house, and you guys know how, how packed it was. And it, it was just, there was no space to get anyone in. And so these guys come up with an ingenious plan. Climb up on the roof. And they get up onto the roof. Okay, that's a bit high, guys. So they get up onto the roof, and, and it wasn't made out of the kind of houses that we have today, which is um, metal plates and, you know, tiles and everything else. It was made out of straw and mud on actual wooden poles. And so what these guys decide to do is, is that they're going to dig through. So imagine Jesus sitting there. He's busy talking, and some twigs fall on his head, and he's just thinking, sure, the wind must be quite rough. And, and they start, and they're opening up, and Jesus is like, Lord, you're shining down on me. Oh, no, it's the sun. Because they've made a hole in the top of this roof, and they, they actually go, and they lower this guy down. And as they lower him down in front of Jesus, 
he actually goes and, and he gets into the front there and Jesus looks at this man and he says, because of your friend's faith and because of yours, your sins are forgiven. Go in peace. And what happens? Guy gets up, legs get straightened. He gets up, come get up. There we go. And what he does is he rolls up his mat and off he goes with his friends. And they walk out completely healed. Well done, Ethan. Your acting skills are good, Bree. So I've told you guys the story. So if I can title my sermon this morning, it's Simon's Leaky Roof. Simon's Leaky Roof. Okay? Because there was a hole in his roof. But what I'm speaking about this morning is not about the paralyzed guy. I want to speak about what God has done in Simon's life. Because Simon was a man that came and he spent time with Jesus for three years. And Simon went from an ordinary man to an extraordinary servant of Christ. And that's what I want to focus on this morning. When Jesus comes into your life and he starts doing things, he starts shifting you. He starts moving you. He starts doing things that he's never done before. You become pliable enough for Jesus. Simon was a rough guy. I think uh, Colin, come stand by me. I think Colin, before he got saved, he was a rough guy. Can't remember that far back. But I think, imagine Colin was not saved. He didn't love Jesus. What type of guy he would be? He'd be a guy that would, if you looked at him the wrong way, he'd clop you and he could hurt you, I'm sure. Because he's a bit taller than me, so it could be quite painful. But Simon Peter was very similar. He was a rough guy. He was like a fisherman. He worked with his hands. He, and Colin works with fudge. So Colin obviously stirs quite a bit. So the oak's muscles have grown. Make a muscle. Yeah, they're actually not too bad. Quite impressed. And so Colin stirs, but so Peter was also, he was a fisherman, so he worked hard. He did physical things, so he was quite a rough guy. He was just pushing people around. He was a business guy. Don't get in my way. But then Jesus comes, and he changes. He comes, and he sees something different of who Jesus is. And Jesus goes and he doesn't just change Simon's personality. He actually changes his name. And he calls him Peter. And Peter means rock. And the Bible says to us that Jesus actually says to him that on this rock I will build my church. And it wasn't Peter's name. It was the revelation of Jesus. You guys all with me still? All right. But you know that Jesus wants to come and he wants to change us as well. He wants to come and make us different. And many of us, our journey doesn't look exactly the same. It won't look the same as what Peter's looked. It won't be the same of what he went through. But where you are at this morning, God wants to come and touch you. I want to ask, who's ever felt very desperate in this place? Who's ever felt desperate for something? 
I think Nolan at the moment is quite desperate because he works for Capitec and the app's been off and it's been a challenge. So he's desperate to get it fixed. Is there anyone else that's been desperate in situations in your own life? I think for Ethan, it was desperate to try and pass an exam. We've all been in desperate places where, where you get your salary and you realize that there's a lot more month left than salary. We've been desperate. But desperate means sometimes do stupid things. But God wants us to become wise and not do stupid things. So where do we turn? And out of that scripture, I want to take, and I want to show you guys four different groups of people. This morning, we gathered here because of one person. Who? Not me. Not to come and hear my preaching. We gathered here because of an extraordinary man. And his name's Jesus. That's why we're here. You've come here and we sang songs about Jesus this morning. Because he's an extraordinary man. He was. And he still is. He's never, he died, but he's risen again. He did incredible miracles. Imagine walking, John Dre going to a building site and, you know, does maintenance. So he gets to a site and a guy's sitting there in the oak can't see. He's blind. And so God says to John Dre, listen, bro, there's a, a bit of mud outside. I want you to um, spit in it. So instead of just doing a little, he goes, <laughs> a nice green one. And he spits into the mud, and he goes and he mixes it around, and he puts it on the guy's eyes. I think that's quite extraordinary. It's a little bit different. It's a bit freaky for most people. And so what happens is he goes, and, and Jesus says to the guy, go and wipe, go and wash your face. And he washes. What happens? His eyes get restored. Because Jesus is an extraordinary man. Because Jesus came into history at the right time. He came and became a man at the right time so that he can save you and he can save me. Because that's who Jesus is. People came to listen to this extraordinary man sitting in a building, sharing and preaching, just telling them things that they've never known. And this morning, Jesus wants to come and he wants to tell you things that you've never known. He wants to come and tell you the things that you have done that you've actually been hiding because he knows you better than anyone else does. To Jesus. But the world, they don't look at Jesus. You know who they look at? Dr. Phil and Oprah. Phone Dr. Phil, ask Dr. Phil, how do I, how do I deal with with family issues? How do I deal with relationships? For the single guys here, how do I find a husband? How do I find a wife? Ask Dr. Phil. No, Dr. Phil can't tell you. You need to ask Jesus. Because you know what? God does things in his time. Jesus does things in his time. And when he does it, he does it perfectly. You guys with me? 
The first group of people outside of Jesus who was exceptional was the desperate paralytic. Who guys have heard the guy sitting at the at the at, at the pool of Bethesda? Who's heard that story? There's a paralytic that sits at that pool for about 30 years. And once a year, the angel would come and put his finger in and he'd stir the water. And the first one that falls into the water gets healed. And the apostles come and they walk past and the guy tells them all the story about, I think it was Jesus was there as well. And he comes and he chats to this guy and he says to him, he says to him, yes, I've been here forever. And I've been trying to get healed, but, you know, everyone else is faster than what I am. So they get in so I don't get my opportunity. And so Jesus goes and raises this guy and actually heals him. And he gets healed. And that paralytic that was lying on that bed with his friends that lowered him from the roof, he was desperate because he was bedridden. It wasn't easy. It's a tough place to be. But he was desperate. And how desperate are we for Jesus? How desperate are you in your life for Jesus? Will you lay everything down that you do for Jesus? If I had to ask this morning, if I had to pull out a gun and ask you, would you die for Christ? Who would put their hand up and say, yes, I will? Who would? Okay? Some people, not so sure. But it's a reality in our world today. In America a couple of years ago, don't worry about the babies, guys, and the kids. It's fine. Part of life. A guy walked into a school, and there was a whole bunch of students. And they were sitting in the cafeteria together. And he walked up to them. He said to them, do you love Jesus? Yes, I love Jesus. Blow their brains out. They killed, I think, like 30 or 40 students that day. Two young guys, because they were Christians. It happens in the world today. Will we be so desperate for Jesus that nothing will be important to us? The apostles, all 12 of them, became executed. They all got killed. They all died because of their love for Jesus, because they knew no other. Terry Sisney writes, he says that desperation can lead us to seeking the wisdom from God that changes our lives from success to significance. And he says this, Blessed are the desperate, for they do not care what anyone thinks. They do not care what anyone says. They will go where no one else will go. They won't let anything stop them, and they will do desperate things. He was Jesus. What is the key things for us in our life? What are we working to? The second group are the friends. They were the merciful. They were the ones that was caring about their friends. They were the ones that was willing to go through all of the effort to actually get them to get him to Jesus. And I want to ask you this morning, who of us is merciful here? 
I know that this morning for Anthony and for Elenique, it's awesome because their family's here. That is God, bringing a family into church. That's God. Because God is merciful. But he's given us mercy so that we can help those that cannot help themselves. Because God's called us to be the merciful. Sometimes God calls us to fight on other people's behalf because they cannot fight for themselves. Many people are caught in things that they cannot get out of. But until people come and help them and actually walk with them, we can actually pull them out of that place. Mia, come here for me. I want you to sit on the ground for me. Mia is currently caught in something. She could be stuck in the mud. I know. Sinking sand. If she's in sinking sand all by herself, do you think she's going to be able to get out? But what does it mean to be merciful? Merciful means grabbing her and actually taking effort to pull her out of where she's and when we pull someone out of that, thank you. if we pull them out, the Bible says to us that when a friend of yours actually sins and you actually can help him out of his sin, you actually cover that multitude of sins and you actually save him. How many friends have we saved out of sin? Have we saved out of being caught in things? These friends were compassionate because their friend couldn't walk, so they carried him. The crowd blocked their access, so they went around them. The roof was in the way, so they ripped a hole in it. The actions were questioned, but they closed their ears and they continued. How desperate are we to save those around us who don't know Jesus? There are so many of them. Then we move on to another group. The third group. The religious. The teachers of the law. They were sitting there with Jesus. And they were blown away because of this. And so many times we become judgmental in our own hearts. And in Matthew 23 verse 13, Jesus says some tough words to them. And he says this, how terrible for you teachers of the law. And the Pharisees, you are hypocrites. You close the door for people to enter the kingdom of heaven. You yourselves don't enter. And you stop others who are trying to enter. Because sometimes we become so judgmental of other people. I want to ask you, if you walked in here this morning. And you looked at other people and you made a judgment in your head about someone. Am I right? Am I wrong? You looked at a person and you thought, hmm, I wonder who they are. They must be maybe like this. And they're not at all like that. And you actually stand and you start talking to them and you realize that they're really humble. They're really loving. They're really wonderful people. But you've put your own perception upon them. And we can actually hurt them by how we look at them and judge them. Because it's not who they are. Because we can sit outside like 
like the religious guy. And we can miss what God wants to do. And I want to tell you a story about the wounded, the wounded soldier. This guy was in battle and he got hurt. And so his commanding officer tells him, he says to him, listen, I want you to go to the hospital. Let the guys go check you out to make sure that you're okay. So he gets there and eventually he goes to the hospital. He gets to these big doors. And he gets, and there's two sets of doors. And the one says, this door is for the slightly wounded, and this one's for the seriously wounded. So he decides he's going to go through the slightly wounded, because he's not really that badly hurt. So he goes through, and he walks down this passage, and he gets to the next door. And it says, this is for officers, this is for non-officers. So he goes through the non-officers door, because he's not an officer. And he's on another passage. So he carries on walking to the bottom. And he gets to the bottom. It says party members and non-party members. So he's like, well, I'm not a party member. So he goes through the party member doors. And where does he end up? Back on the street. And he goes back to his commanding officer and he says to him, so the commanding officer says, did the hospital help you? He says, no, they didn't help me at all. But I must tell you, they seriously organized. Because you see in church, sometimes we become so organized that we actually forget to help the wounded and the broken. Because we want it to look so perfect. And I think each one of us sitting here this morning, not one of us is perfect. Who's got a wound, a wound in their heart? Who's ever been hurt by someone? Come on. Broken relationship, family troubles. We've all been there. Boyfriend, girlfriend relationships that went wrong. We've all been broken, so we're all wounded. Every single one of us. Not one of us perfect. And then there's the last group. The amazed. Proud. The guys standing around. Just being spectators. In Luke eleven twenty nine, 29, Jesus says, As the crowd grew larger, Jesus said that the people who live today are evil. They want to see a miracle for a sign, but no sign will be given them except the sign of Jonah. Early morning, Shree. You see, we can be the crowd that sits on the outside and spectates. Or we can become a part of it. We can get involved in people's lives. Because do you know that being part of people's lives is messy? It's messy. It's not easy. It's not lacquer. It's difficult. When you get into the thick of things and people are going through tough things and you've got to give up your time, you've got to give up your effort, you've got to give up what you want to do to help other people. That's what makes us church. Because we can be the crowd on the outside just observing what everyone else is doing. Or we can get into it. And many of us sitting here this morning sometimes think that, how can I lead people? How can I be in the front? How can I be active in someone's life? Because my life's not in the right place. Can I tell you, not one of us is. 
But you know that Jesus uses broken people to help broken people. Because if you try and be perfect, you're in the wrong church. Because when you join that church, the church is no longer perfect because you're not. It's true. And sometimes people walk around and they've got this candy bar culture called candy counter culture. I want to tell you the story. Whom of you have ever lost your child somewhere? Okay. Right? There's some parents here who admit that they've lost their children in a mall before. Okay? Don't worry, I lost myself in the mall once before. And my sister's with it. I almost got clobbered by my dad. But you go and suddenly you're walking and you, you're looking at something and you look around and your child's gone. Like, what's happened to my child? And you start freaking out. It happened to us in Sunningdale, one of the Josh Jane congregations. We had, we had a, a leader's bra. And our little one, she was about six at the time. And we're standing, we're, we're brying, we're having a big fat jewel. And suddenly Shannon's gone. And we can't find her. So we start running. And the meeting's starting, everyone's busy going into the venue, and we're looking around, and my kids are freaking out, Levi's crying, Tyrelee's crying, and everyone's getting upset, and, and everyone else is running around looking for Shannon. And about literally 40 minutes later, this is 40 minutes of looking for Shannon. One of the kids walk up the stairs, and they go into the little kiddies area. There's Shannon sitting with a friend watching TV. We're like, where were you? I went to watch movies with my friend. And you know what? Sometimes the people around us in the world out there, they've got the candy counterculture. Like they don't even know that they're in danger. They don't even know that they lost. But unless we go and we actually find them, they'll never know about you. And Simon Peter was one of those. He was one of those guys just looking at what Jesus was doing. But over time, God started shifting his heart. And I'm not going to preach much longer. I don't feel that that's what, what God wants to do this morning. I feel this morning that God wants to come. And he wants to touch people's lives where you at. Because he wants to amaze you. He wants to come this morning and he wants to come and shift who you are. Pray for me. He wants you to be desperate for him. And you know what the thing is, is Jesus is not, if you come and you this morning, if you've never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, if you've served him and, and you've actually just strayed away from him and you bring Jesus back into your life, he's not going to come and fix everything overnight. That's not who Jesus is. He's not a quick fix. He's not a quick solution. But what he does is he comes in to your life and he helps you through what you're going through. 
Because he says, I will never leave you and I'll never forsake you. But he wants to come and he wants to change your perspective. Because Simon Peter could have stayed as one of the crowd. He could have been there as a Pharisee and said, I don't want anything to do with this. But he saw what Jesus did and his heart got shifted because he realized who Jesus was. And there was a couple of prophetic words coming out. And sometimes we don't see Jesus in our circumstances. We get desperate. We're like, Lord, I need a breakthrough. I don't have a job. Lord, I need a job. Lord, I need you to come and break through in my relationship, in my family, in my situation. And this morning, Jesus wants to come and shift your view. Shift your gaze. As the last song we were singing, turn your eyes on Jesus. Because we look here, but he wants us to look there. Because when we start looking up, we can see so much better than what we see looking down there. And I want us to close our eyes. I want to say to you this morning that Jesus is a, is a, is a God of forgiveness. He comes to forgive us our sins. He comes to bring us to the knowledge of who He is. And we're doing communion as well this morning. And John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And Jesus came and died for us. God planned that his son would come and give us life for you and for me. And so this morning I want to give an opportunity for, for anyone that is here that has never made a commitment to Jesus that has never come to the understanding of who Jesus is, or if you've served the Lord before and you've drifted, you've drifted and you said, Lord, I'll, I'll rather walk away because being a Christian is difficult. I want to give you an opportunity this morning to come to Jesus again. It's like the prodigal son. When the prodigal son ran away, God brought him back. He brought him back. And God moved. Moved his heart and he opened his arms and he, he welcomed him back like, like he never did anything wrong. Because that is the Jesus that we serve. And if you served him and you've walked away, I want to give you an opportunity this morning to welcome him back into your life. And if there's anyone like that, I want you to stick up your hand this morning because we want to pray for you. And this morning, there's another group. If you're desperate for Jesus today, if you're desperate and you're saying, Lord Jesus, I need you to come and make a way for me where there seems to be no way. We want to pray for you this morning that the Lord would open up the floodgates of heaven 
Desmond and Natalie was without a job for a long time. And God was faithful. Because God answers prayer. He comes and he makes a way where there seems to be no way. Warren was without a job for a while. And God provided for him. Because God is faithful. So if you're in that place this morning, I want to invite you to come so we can pray for you. Come and stand in the front here and, and we want to pray and we're going to take some communion. And Galatians 5 verse 1 says, it is for freedom that Christ set us That we no longer be in slavery. I'm just paraphrasing. Because Jesus wants to come and bring freedom this morning. He wants to shift your gaze. And sometimes he's got to come and he's got to open up and make a leak in your roof so that he can get you. Because we so easily build walls around ourselves. Because we don't want to let anyone in. And if there's anyone like that, the opportunity is here. for each one of us here. Father, you know where we're at. Lord, you know our hearts this morning. Lord, you know what we need this morning. As Richard shared a word this morning with me that, that there's a massive river that God wants to come and he wants to establish and, and it's flowing and, and God wants us to actually get in the river but many people are actually sitting and camping next to the river. And just being spectators, just looking at the river. But God wants to come like a mighty, rushing river. And He wants to come and wash over you. He wants to come and He wants to change you. But we need to allow Him to change us. Lord Jesus, we thank You for this morning. Father, we thank You that Your presence is here. Lord, that You shift us. Father, I want to pray that as we go into this week, Lord, that your, your spirit would be with us, that you would lead us, that you would guide us. Father, that, Lord, that as we move forward in you as a church, as a congregation, Father, that we would just see lives being changed, shifted because of what you're doing in us. And, Father God, we pray, Lord, that you would use us, Lord, that you would move through us to change others, Lord, so that we would never, ever be the same. Father, we ask you, Lord, that we don't want to walk out of the air, Lord, just going home because we just, just the church. But Father, we pray, Lord, that we would be able to just go into everything that you have for us. Lord, that your spirit would move us and lead us, Lord, into all truth. And we worship you and we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.